On this episode, we have Matt Light from Sarasota. Matt dives into how he uses YouTube and long-form content to bring in client referrals. These YouTube referrals have equated to several million in production in just the last year. On this episode, Matt takes us through his system and how he the referral system on YouTube. All right, Matt, thanks for hopping on. Yeah, no, absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me today, Chris. Yeah, definitely. Let's just kind of go ahead, just jump right into it. Let's go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah. So my name is, I'm Matt Light. I am a realtor here in Sarasota, Florida, uh, Southwest Florida, uh, with Real Broker and I sell real estate here, right? <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you been doing real estate? I'm in my eighth year. So, um, originally I was in athletic ticket sales at the university of central Florida in Orlando. Um, and then my parents were in real estate in the Sarasota area. And so my mom basically called and said, Hey, are you ready to come home, start making some real money? Et cetera, et cetera. So got my license, moved back, and have never looked back since. Yeah. When you first started, did you jump right on like your mom's team or did you just jump right in on your own? So when I started, it was basically, hey, we will mentor you and help you, but we're not giving you anything. You're going to sit on open houses. We'll teach you how to do that, but you're going to come up with your own sales funnel. You're going to do this. And if you have questions in a contract, we'll answer those questions. So it was kind of a lot more of that type of mentorship, but what better person than somebody who is one of the top agents in the state of Florida to help you learn this and help you get the contacts, right? Like in a closing attorney, you know, lenders like yourself, uh, um, inspectors, all those different things that when you go to a different market, you're like, oh, I kind of need these key players to build a real estate business. Yep, yep exactly. Now, when so you, you were being mentored by one of the top agents in Florida, right? Were you were you able to take a lot of things that they did and then maybe put your own twist to it, your own style to it? Yeah, I think for sure. I think, you know, the biggest thing that agents get into this business, they either have this misperception of this is a get rich quick industry, which is not. They see realtors posting on social media, vacations, doing all these things. They have no idea how many years it took of grinding to get to that point or that that person was actually up at 4 a.m. or any of those other things like that. And so I think everyone gets into this business thinking, how do you be, how do you build something sustainable? Because my first year in the business, I sold $5 million, which was great. Your first year in, it's like, great, you made some good money. Second year, I think I sold half that. (laughs) It's like, whoa, how do we figure out how to be sustainable in this industry? And that's where I know we're going to dive into that. Um, and that's where, you know, some people buy Zillow leads, some people do mailers, some people cold call, um, for sale by owners, all those different things like that. But ultimately that is the question, because if you want to make money and continue to make money and fill those, those different pipelines with leads and generate, you've got to figure out what your systems are. Uh, Yeah. So let's jump right into that. So when you first got going, did you do the paid Zillow leads, the, the door knocking, all that kind of stuff? Um, I didn't have much money, so didn't buy leads. Um, I would try to pay for different programs. Um, <clears throat> like I tried calling for sale by owners and expireds and trying to, to kind of go through that and then, you know, meet a client and then strike out. And it was a lot of time because if you're going to set your, there's so many other people doing it they have like teams that are just calling all day long and it's just me. <laughs> um, so I probably built most of my business from open houses, from doing open houses, figuring out how do you get people's contact information? How do you then follow up with them? Because you're in sales. And if you're a realtor listening to this, you are in sales selling one of the most expensive assets that somebody will ever own in their entire life. So you are a salesperson and you need to figure out how do I develop a sales funnel 
to then convert and actually, you know, make commission and make money in the business. So how did you go about developing that sales funnel? Was there anyone that you, you kind of looked toward, looked up to or any systems that you Great question. Like, how did you kind of go about building that funnel? So for me, I, um, I pretty much took everything I was doing at UCF and the athletic ticket, ticket office and moved that to real estate okay. because at the end of the day, sales is sales, whether I'm selling a $40 football ticket or an $800,000 house, it's still people, it's still relationships. It's still, how do you get to the closing table? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I took those things where you book a meeting out of a meeting after you get off the phone with them, after you meet them, I will call you in six weeks. I will call you tomorrow. I will send you this property. If you just hang up with them, how are you ever going to close them? So it's taking that method and that's what you're doing. And if you're having conversations every week, no, you might not be making the commission that week, but in six months, yeah. Next year, yeah. Three years on that person that you were following up with, yeah. It's just about getting people into the pipeline. Yeah, And it's like almost setting expectations too. Like they're, once you say like, I will send you this next week or I will send you this tomorrow, right. they know to expect something from you. Right. Or if you have a needy client that wants to call you all the time, you set the expectations. Like if I have a listing, hey, every Tuesday, usually by 10 a.m., you will hear from me an entire listing update. How many MLS searches were done? How many realtors emailed it out? What was the feedback from showing us this week? Otherwise, you know, if a seller, they want that instant feedback right away. And if you have a, a business that you're running, you can't give that e- instant feedback. And then it's going to run into your family time in the evening. Then your work-life balance is going to be all out of whack and it's not sustainable. Right. right. So you you got your, you dropped your contacts through the open house. You, you, you used, basically, did, did you have a CRM at that time too? Yeah. I don't know what it was. It was something really, really crappy. Uh, (laughs) I went through a bunch of CRMs. Now I'm with follow-up boss and I've probably been with follow-up boss the last four to five years. Um, they're not the cheapest out there, but I've got everything built in follow-up boss from all my drip campaigns where leads automatically come in. My assistant can now help manage that. My calendar syncs with it. So the biggest thing I was looking for in a CRM was something to remind me to call them. (laughs) You know, I will call you in three weeks. I'm never going to remember that. And if I'm going to put it in my phone calendar, that's not sustainable. You need to think of something if you're growing a business of if I had 50 people do it tomorrow, can I manage it? And are the systems sustainable? Mm -hmm. And if you're sitting here on an Excel spreadsheet, it's not. Maybe for 10 people, maybe for your neighbors and your family. Oh, I'll just remember in a a note on my phone. That's not sustainable. You need to develop a system and pay for systems that are are sustainable and you need to feed those. And I I would imagine it was a lot of trial and error for you, right? Oh, for sure. Spend tens of thousands of dollars figuring out what not to do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's like the biggest, like, what is the, what's one of the hesitancies, right? It's like, I have all this, I have money, right? But I want to be strategic about it, but you're scared if it's not going to work out. And nine times out of 10, it's probably not going yep. to, you can do all the research in the world, but it might not fit what you're looking to do. Right. Right. And, and whenever you try something new in marketing, you've got to give it six months yeah. because it's got to get in, whether it's mailers, you got to get that stuff like six to 12 months to work. So nobody just gets it right away and says, Oh, I'm going to call Matt or I'm going to call Chris. Yeah. It, it takes time and it takes consistency. And that's where agents quit too soon. And then they go to something else and then they quit too soon. And they like, it just wasn't for me. Yeah. No, that wasn't the case. You just didn't see it through or you didn't have the right people pouring into you to help you navigate where your money was well spent. Like the first thing, if you were getting into this business, a brand new agent, let's say you were going to go work at Keller Williams or Berkshire Hathaway or Remax, just name whatever office. 
you know, was a physical brick and mortar office. Um, and you had 500 bucks to start your business. I heard this from, you know, one of my, my friends who's, he's with compass. He said, and I was like, this is, this is what I would say too. So I'm going to say, take what his example was, was go to the top age on the office, take him out to a $500 dinner mm. and you pay, ask him questions and ask him if you can have the breadcrumbs mm-hmm. of their elites and you work it and you grind it and you learn from them because they are the best. Yeah. You want to be the best. You got to go learn from the best. You got to go call them and ask them. And you would be surprised at how many of those very successful realtors, they are willing to help somebody, even if there's not that anything, quote unquote, in return for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I like a lot of people would be surprised at how willing people are to kind of pay it forward or or help you. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, so what so you have the you set up you have set up systems. When did you start? you know, integrating, you know, we, we were talking a little bit before we started recording, um, you know, Instagram, YouTube, all that kind of stuff. When did you start integrating YouTube into your business? So YouTube is the bread and butter of everything I do. Probably 90% of everything that I, that I do is from YouTube and I don't pay anything for ads. So it's all a hundred percent organic. I'll get three to five, three to 400 leads per year from it. And I'll usually convert about one out of 13 of those to a contract. So YouTube's going to sell 20 to $30 million of sales for me, at, you know, every year, at least that's what it's been pretty consistent over the last few years. And I know that metric. Um, and again, that's without me putting, you know, I'm not buying leads. That's just creating content and people coming because of the content that you've created. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, my story is COVID, right? You know, COVID hits. Nobody knows what in the world is going on. Like, you know, our government doesn't know what's going on. Nobody knows what's going on. Everybody's locked down. In Florida, you know, we locked down for one month in April. And, you know, people were not thinking of buying or selling a house. I saw Google Analytics, you know, my website traffic just crashed 80% overnight. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I just had my second son. He was born like the week before COVID came out in the news, um, you know, in March. And it was, okay, where, what are we going to do? And I did a mis- I did the thing where I was doing Google ads, trying to bring them to like my website and getting traffic and stuff like that. I stopped, I slashed everything. Cause I was like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Like mm-hmm. we don't have just money spewing out of us where we can keep putting things into a, a toilet bowl. that's being flushed. Cause no one's looking at buying a house. And then obviously 40 days later, everything changed because everybody and their grandma wanted to move to Florida yeah. <laughs> um, throughout the pandemic. Um, and so I was like, I need to pivot right now. And so I've always been interested in video. I didn't know anything about lenses, color grading, editing, drones, any of this stuff. And so I started researching and I jumped onto some Facebook groups, uh, met somebody named Karen Carr. She's got a book out there like YouTube for agents um, and then started going on YouTube. And there wasn't a ton of agents out there doing it, but there was a few. And I found one that I thought was the best or I thought his videos just looked beautiful. His name is Brad McCallum. He was with Remax at the time. He was up in Canada. Yep. And um, I was like, okay, I know he's shooting these himself. The only difference between me and him is he has the knowledge in the camera year of how to do it. But he has the knowledge of how to do it. So if I'm disciplined enough, I can go teach myself how to get the knowledge. I can watch videos of how to make videos. I can read articles. I can listen to podcasts. I can call people. I can grind it out. I can wake up an extra hour or two hours earlier than other people and start practicing editing and practicing all these different things like that into the evenings, whatever it is. And that's where we had like a family camera. Um, And so I got a wide angle lens for it on a $200 gimbal. 
Um, my drone was a couple hundred bucks and it like took eight minutes to warm up and then like eight minutes flight time. <laughs> it was terrible. Um, but I wasn't willing to invest in gear because I didn't know if this was going to work. Right. And here we are going through a pandemic and you're like, it's not like I'm sitting here as a top producer in, in, in our industry and sitting here selling $50 million a year, you know, making just as much money as you possibly can and have money to spend on other things. Like this was all a risk mm -hmm. and just had a new, a newborn. And so you just didn't know where things were going. And so that's where I just started to double down on that. And I probably did 20 videos until I got my, like a video a week for six months until maybe four to six months until I got my first lead from it of somebody calling you. So I remember like, I was just trying to get a hundred subscribers, man. I was just like, Oh man, somebody watched my video. That's kind of cool. There's like 12 people that watched it, <laughs> but it took me so long to make yeah. and edit. And, and then I could get quick where I could go shoot a house in under an hour and edit in under an hour where people would go hire a professional videographer to go do this stuff. They drop 1500 bucks. And so now what I've done is I've invested in those things and in, in that gear, um, probably more expensive than a lot of videographers I've invested into. But that's where my quote marketing budget, my advertising budget, I'm investing back into that camera gear to make the quality better. So if I know it's going to make my quality that much better and it's worth it, yeah, I'm going to spend the money on it to do it because that's what's working for me. When I started, no way. It was grinding out, baby. Yeah. Get a good microphone. Maybe use your camera with a microphone, but get it on a gimbal so it's nice and steady. And you just produce, 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 and eventually it's going to get better as long as you're trying to make it better as you go. Um, and I started, I actually reached out to Brad, Brad McCallum, and I had no... Um, I can't even say it was a collaboration because I just sucked the life out of them of, hey, what gear are you using? Oh, I'm using this Sony. Oh, I can't afford yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, I'm, let's take that, but let's drop that off yeah. like thousands of dollars. Um, and so, you know, I just kind of created that, you know, that relationship with him and he ended up, you know, joining Real Broker. And then shortly after that, I, I joined Real Broker um, and just the collaboration that we found within one another uh, you know, with that and now other agents, um, just about producing content really all around video. I mean, it's been, a, it's been amazing because you, you know, I'm surrounded around agents that I can pick up the phone and call them and we're going to have a great conversation of, Hey, what's working for you? What's not working for you? And all, all those different things. Do you find that it makes it like easier to like maybe negotiate too when you like agent agency or you see another agent, you see their personality and how they talk, you kind of feel like you know them through social media for sure yeah and i think that's you know that's the the thing about video is they gravitate towards you because of your personality and on video you got to be yourself yeah don't go try to be somebody that you're not or a youtube agent because you think they're cool or all these things it's just not authentic just be who you are and people there are millions of people buying and selling real estate every year millions of people they will gravitate towards who they feel like they connect with period I can make a video and you can make the same exact video, Chris, the same script, the same content, edited the same way, but yet different people will call you versus calling me mm -hmm. and vice versa. Just because your personality comes across on camera or how you communicate. 100%. Period. 100%. Now, I want to go back to like YouTube because like I feel like that's, I mean, we're, again, we were talking before we started recording, like that's kind of like the the big hairy beast that people are kind of like maybe a little hesitant to tackle because it is long form, right? It's a little bit different mm -hmm. of a platform. Yeah. Well, it's completely different of a platform. Right. It's a search engine, right? So right. what drew you right to YouTube versus going kind of stepping into like Instagram or something like that? 
Yeah. So I think YouTube, I mean, it's like the video king, you know, the internet. People go to YouTube to watch videos. People go to Instagram and Instagram shifted towards a lot more video, but they go to Instagram and they see a feed and they see photos. They might see reels. They might see a car- carousel of images. Like that's different. People go to video or YouTube to watch video and to watch long form things. If you put an eight minute video on Instagram, nobody's going to watch the whole thing. And same thing on Facebook. People are going through Facebook. If I put my, I'll put my YouTube videos on my Facebook, you know, business page. Nobody watches that. They're not, that's not where they go. When you go to YouTube, you're expecting to watch an eight minute video or a five minute video. That's what you're looking for. You're not trying to watch 15 seconds. You go to Instagram for that stuff. And so it's a totally different thing. And I think, um, I think there is this trend happening around short form content with reels and TikTok. Um, it's easy to do. It's quick to do. You can get it out there. Uh, I think it's going to get really, um, crowded pretty quickly. And I think YouTube long form is harder to build. Mm-hmm takes a lot more thought, a lot more effort, but I also think it's a lot more sustainable because once you've built it, now you have it. Where some of these other things, I feel like they're a little bit more trendy versus content and YouTube and a five minute video has a significant amount of content. And if you're writing good content, that will always prevail. And now you can just repurpose that into shorts or other things like that. Yep, and and it's evergreen, right? Like I mentioned, YouTube is a search engine, right? So now it's it's gonna be up there. Right. So now you can build it. Right. And I wanted to, I wanted to do it also because Google owns it. So if I want to rank my website on Google and I'm going to their other platform, YouTube and doing these videos that people are searching, well, guess what? Now when somebody searches a certain neighborhood or whatever in Sarasota, who's number one on Google? Me, because I have a video on that. And then I have a web page on that. And so they're going to put my video first. And then in that video, great. They want to jump over to my website, which is super robust. Now they can sit there and jump onto that. And now it has a lot more sticking power because people have built that, I've built that trust with them over the camera. And now they're like, okay, Matt's telling me to go, you know, search properties on, on his website. He's telling me to go read this thing. I'm going to go do that because I felt like Matt had good information. Sure. Sure. So let's start, let's go back to like the early days of you getting on YouTube. What was like that start? Because for me, right, we were talking, again, talking before mortgages aren't cool. Like they're just not cool. Yeah. Right. No, you're lame, yeah, man. Super lame. Like, <laughs> hey, check out this really cool loan estimate I got, right? It doesn't really work. So, you know, what types of content are you seeing, you know, really stick out to people or get the engagement that you're looking for on YouTube? So that I think is where realtors and people creating mess up in sales. They think, what is the most engagement? And that's not how I would start. I would start with, who do I want to attract? Who do I want to work with? Because for example, when I started YouTube, and this goes over kind of in Karen's book, your ideal client avatar. Like if you could picture anybody in the world, name them Bob. You know, I was working with this guy up from Massachusetts and they were looking for a second home here in Sarasota and they were nice to work with. They were well-qualified, wasn't their first home. Um, and so I didn't need to worry about are they actually gonna be able to get a loan or not get a loan. And they're not trying to nickel and dime you. And they were just nice people. So when I started YouTube, I asked myself when I made these videos, I said, does this add value to... Bob from Massachusetts? And if the answer was no, I wouldn't make it. Even if I thought it was going to get good engagement. Because here's the thing is I might get a few hundred views on a video or I might only have, you know, 2000 subscribers versus, you know, 40,000 subscribers. But but before I had a thousand subscribers, I think I sold $15 million in real estate from it. And it was like, wait a minute, it's not about subscribers don't actually equal leads at all. 
what you know whatsoever and sometimes people go make these doom and gloom videos of like everything's gonna die every the market's gonna crash and all these things and then they it's just to get clicks on and then people subscribe because fear is a motivator uh, and fear is attractive people like to click on fear and so when you make fearful videos then people are going to watch you. They're going to subscribe to you. They might not call you, <laughs> but I wanted to go get, if I had a hundred views and I wanted three people to call me from that, that's great because that's real sales yeah. versus 10,000 and it's just followers. Um, and so that's how I would approach what I started was who do I want to attract and what do I want to sell? Because I can't be the expert of downtown Sarasota, high rises, low rises, single family villas and condos. Like you can't be the expert of them all. And so for me, I love new construction. I've always liked it. I like the, how they, the, the building process, how the selling process of it works, knowing the difference between the neighborhoods. Like I kind of always, it was natural to me and says so like, great, let's do what you're good at. Yeah. So that's where I started, started to focus. A lot of my content was new construction. Hmm. And so just like going back to what you mentioned about, you know, creating content for, you know, like an avatar, right? Who do you want to be selling to? I mean, that's how I found you, right? Like I was looking for my parents who were, I was thinking yeah. about moving to Florida. I I typed in YouTube, you know, moving to Florida in 2023, and one of your videos popped up. That's how this yep. whole conversation came to be, right? Um, so that's I mean, that's a perfect point of that, right? So when you um when you're shooting videos, are you um scripting anything, or do you kind of just go right off the top of your head, or are you taking what maybe people are asking you and creating content out of that? Like, how are you going about creating these videos? Yeah. So I will be scripted. Um, I will write a script or my wife will write a script um, where she edits everything I write. Um, Cause sometimes I don't, it might make sense to me. Yeah. I'm a numbers guy. And then she'll be like, that doesn't make sense. Well, let's reword that here. What are you trying to say? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so when I'm in the office, I'm on a, I'm on a teleprompter. Um, but I've got a, you know, the, an app that um, I can go off script and the app is, I think it's like uh, tele or prompt smart pro. And so I can, it's on an iPad. And so when I start talking off script, it pauses and it doesn't scroll anymore. Oh, yeah. So then I can make it feel a little bit more natural rather than, oh, snap, it's moving. It's moving. Wait a minute. I guess wait a minute. Um, <laughs> exactly. And so it only moves as I talk of what's being read. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I can get the content across that I have thought about mm-hmm. and written and revised of what I want to say to my audience. Yeah. Um, and so when I'm out in the field, I will have a script. Um I don't have one at Friday because I was just out last week recording, but I will have a script. I'll have where I want the shot to be, what type of shot I want. And then here, here's what it is. I'll read it. I'll memorize it. We'll shoot it. And then we'll go to the next spot and I will have everything scripted um, of where it is. And now I'm not the best at memorizing. So I kind of try to get the premise, but I'm, I've got an idea of, of what I want to say. I'm not just making it up. Otherwise you get too long winded and then people, it, it just, it's not good. Right, 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 right. So, and so this is at the, really the top of the funnel, right? So we're talking about people who are just maybe at the exploration phase, right? So how do you integrate YouTube and the scripts that you're coming up with into that sales funnel that we were talking about earlier? Yeah. So basically, you know, somebody will, if they, you know, I've got like a relocation that people can download and stuff like that. And if they download that, great. I've got, you know, their information, they're interested in relocating. I'll give them a call, find out where, where are they? They coming down to visit three years matter. Hey, we're actually here right now. We're interested in real estate. Great. Now I can work with you faster. Um, and so I've got that. Obviously I still get every week. If you know, people will text me or email me or call me, Hey, found you on YouTube. 
you know, watch these videos. We're going to be looking at moving this time. And now you have a phone conversation with them and then you kind of categorize them of where they are in their, in their relocation process. And then you go from there. So you put them in a new drip campaign once you've had yep. that? Everything's, everything's, I've got a bunch of different drip campaigns just depending on, you know, where they came in, how they came in as a lead, what they're interested in, how far away are they from purchasing, you know, all those different things that I have and I'll modify, but I feel like I've got them down pretty tweaked, pretty, pretty well because I'll get a good response from them. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I'm repurposing content. So people who come in interested in new construction and they want like a price sheet for the, this new construction communities, or I do like a compare and contrast of different communities. And now the next email they're going to get is moving to Florida 2023, what you need to know or top builders ranked or one thing that the builder or five things that the builders are not telling you. Cause again, a lot of my audience is new construction. So now they're going to click on those and watch that content. And it's not clickbait because I actually think it is really valuable information that you can watch, or I'm just going to tell you next time we're on the phone because it's so valuable. And I feel like I have learned so much in the amount of transactions I've been in with these builders yeah. that, um, they can, they can sense that. And then it just adds that those legs of wanting to work with you. Sure. Sure. Now, I mean, so you're wearing a lot of hats, right? Like you are, you're selling the houses, you're having conversations with top of the funnel people, you're making content, you're editing your videos, you're coming up with the scripts. Do you have, you might've mentioned this earlier, do you have a marketing assistant or a team that kind of helps you out? So when I, when I started, I think the first year I really got into YouTube, I did 38 transactions. I was the editor. I was the phone caller. I was everything. Was that 38 just uh-huh. off YouTube or just uh, total? Probably, probably most of them just off YouTube. Okay. Um, maybe a couple sprinkled in here and there, you know, people I know, sphere of influence. Sure. But mostly just YouTube. Um, and no, I think it was 38. I think I did 44 total that year. I okay. think 38 were YouTube. I, I could be messing these numbers up right now. Um, and of course, this is a podcast, so everyone can hear me mess up these numbers. It's great. <laughs> Hold me to it, right? Um, take a quote out of context. It's, it's awesome. Um, so, well, I totally forgot what the question was. So, um, you, so like I, like I mentioned, right? You're wearing, you're doing everything, right? You're, the yep. train's coming down the tracks, and you're oh, the tracks down. Yep. Do you have, yeah, some type of an assistant, yeah. some kind of help? Because you have kids too. Yeah. So now I do. Yeah. Now I got three kids. Four and under. Um, so it's a lot. Um, so now I've got an executive assistant that she helps me with everything. She manages because I was getting so overwhelmed with leads coming in every day where I would just have this anxiety if I could categorize them, get them on drip campaigns, or, you know, get them scheduled for phone calls that like it would be a week until I even touched them. And it was like, wait, you're doing all, all these videos and you're getting all these leads, but you're not actually, your back end is, is terrible. You got to fix that. That is a big hole. So have an executive assistant that does all those things, helps with transactions as well, helps with personal tasks, all, all those things like that. Um, now I brought on a buyer's agent as well, so I can help facilitate a lot of these leads that come in. Hey, we're going to be in town this week. Great. Julie is the best. And Julie's probably has more real estate experience than I do. She's fantastic on the phones, super personable. I could not ask for a better agent. There is not a better agent that just works with everything. She's like, I hate video. You're great at video. I love calling people. It's it's just it just works out great. Wow. Um, and now I'm looking into marketing people. So I've been interviewing different people just because I'm producing such great content or so the feedback has been so positive. 
that I'm not doing a great job repurposing because I don't do a ton on TikTok or Instagram or these other social media because I'm very hyper-focused on what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be distracted by Instagram reels when they're not producing business. Mm-hmm. YouTube's producing business. I can go to a seminar and I could probably be super motivated and be like, you need to jump on Instagram. This is going to be the greatest thing in the entire world. Blah, blah, blah. Go do this. But that to me is a distraction because what I am good at and what is producing is this. Mm-hmm. Now, if I can bring on somebody whose brain works around the short form or repurposing things and we want to start tackling that, great. But my brain's not going to focus on that. So I'm going to focus on what what is producing that 20 million in sales a year. And I'm going to keep focusing on that because that's what's working. Right. Double down on what's working for you and then fill in the Absolutely. Holes. Double, triple. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, yep. do you, is, is it a little bit of a challenge to try and, um, I guess, piece the team together and find the right fit? Always. Yeah. I think always. And I think that's where, um, you know, I've tried to talk to people who have bigger teams and I think it comes down to, um, you know, I've got, um, you know, a, a, you know, a guy friend, um, friend. We've talked a few times. Ken Ken Pozak in in Orlando, and uh, he's got a huge YouTube following, like 30,000 30, subscribers. He does hundreds of millions in sales a year from his team, um, and so he had a great conversation. He probably probably about a year and a half ago, and he said, "Matt, what's the lifestyle you want? Build your business to get to it to attain it." He said, "You know, I want him. Ken wants to have one percent market share of Orlando." Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a lot of transactions. That's a lot, a lot of real estate. I don't want that. I don't want to work those, you know, those hours. I don't want to have that much overhead, commercial overhead, managing 15 or 20 agents, agents leaving, retraining. I don't, I don't want that. So I think you've got to build, kind of begin with the end in mind in terms of what you want. Mm-hmm. So that leads like perfectly right into my next question. Right? So what is like your ultimate business goal of whether it's, you know, let's start with this year. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. And I think that's something that I'm currently really analyzing because I look at what I've been able to, you know, by the grace of God build, um, in a short amount of time of, okay, let's be a good steward with that. And where is this boat going to go? And so like, what's the five-year plan? Because, you know, my wife and I, we try to, we try to dream at least every, every year of like, okay, great. What are we trying to accomplish this year? Like with our family? You know, where are we trying to go? Where where are we moving the boat here? Mm-hmm. And so for business, it's the same exact way. And so I remember last week, I'm literally writing down like five years. Where do I want the business to grow to? Um, because I don't want to be a 15, 20 agent team. Right. I was like, you know, the dream is go drop the kids off at school when they're all there. And then go on the boat, baby. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> Pick them up later. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, and, and do that. But I think it's, I want to be able to build a, a self-sustaining business where, I can focus on generating content and it's robust because I love doing that. Um, you know, I love motivating people. I love helping people. I think in training other agents, um, helping other agents in different markets, do what I do, replicate what I do, uh, and sharing that knowledge. Um, and I think, you know, you know, I'm a pretty conservative Christian and, you know, I've got a kingdom mindset where, you know, I believe that you know, this isn't, this isn't where life you know, ends whatsoever. And so, you know, what are we doing? What is my family doing? How can my business partner with the church that, you know, I, you know, I, I attend and I actually lead worship at and, you know, how are we pouring back into other people that way? Because it's so easy to be focused on just one thing. And when you sit there and you talk with agents and there's, you know, they're doing a million in GCI a year, it's just like, well, everybody has the same thing of well, what's next? Mm-hmm. Two million. Does that change your life? Does that change your lifestyle? No. Making four hundred thousand or five hundred thousand or six hundred thousand, your lifestyle probably doesn't really change. 
if I'm being honest. If you're going to make 400000 and go make a billion dollars, that's a little bit different because they have yachts and jets and all these other things. But in terms of a lot of those other things, and we get so focused on the next paycheck or let me grow this to this where we forget where the mission is. And I think that's where every person, you know, needs to kind of take that deep dive into of, you know, what do I feel called to do? You know, how has God wired me? Because he's wired us all so differently. And am I doing what he's wired me to do? Because if I'm not, you're going to get burnt out and it's not going to be fun. You know, you're going to have bitterness, all these different things like that. And so for me, I know that I'm a builder. I'm a motivator. I'm somebody that likes to inspire other people. That's the way I'm wired. And when I'm not doing those things for an extended period amount of time, then it's just life isn't as fun for me. Sure. And so I think I'm trying to build a business where it allows me to do those things for other people. Yeah. So what would you say to like, so agents, you know, when they first get into it or, you know, let's say even in this kind of market, right? It's very difficult. It's stressful. Uh, people get burnt out where, you know, maybe they do lose focus on what their overall mission is and they become yeah. so transaction focused that they lose sight of what they're really trying to do. How do you kind of yeah. like get back on course and like you just realize like don't worry about the transact like the money's gonna yeah. come but stay true to what your mission right. is what you are, and who you are right so how do you yeah think? no that's good that's good and I have I probably I struggle with that too because I'm uh, on like a, the disc assessment assessment I'm a high D so like I'm I'm a driver I'm I'm all these other things like that and so for me you know uh, a counselor that I that I see periodically you know she told me she said you know when you look at Jesus. He chose relationship over task every time. Everybody wanted a piece of him, right? He's healing people. He's got this amazing thing going on. Everybody wanted to be around him. And he could just be mundane with task and task and task. But yet he always chose relationship over it. And so for me, it comes down to, am I choosing relationship over task with my family, with my wife, with my kids? Or am I letting these transactions clutter those things? Because at the end of the day, and I think, you know, about five years ago, five and a half years ago, my wife's grandfather passed away. And that was the first time somebody that I like really cared about and like had a really good relationship with had passed away. Like I was fortunate enough, like I never really experienced that. And I remember, you know, being, you know, at that house, you know, after and after like the funeral and you see his wallet sitting there mm. and you're like something that we value so much has no purpose right now. Yeah. But yet, like when you lose your wallet, Chris, you're like, oh, crap, where is it? Like, oh, the sky is falling. I got to call all these people. I got to cancel these things. My license, my phone, all these things that we put so much value on. All of a sudden, you realize really quick in an instant, it's actually meaningless. That means absolutely nothing. And so for me, I, I will go back to that moment in time of, yeah, like it's cool to go build a business. It's cool to go build a, a following, you know, if, if that's what you're trying to do and all these things. But at the end of the day, like, that stuff doesn't really matter when it comes down to it at the end. Mm. You know, when he was on his deathbed, it doesn't matter how what type of cars he had or boats or planes or money in the bank. It was the relationships of the people around him. Yeah. And that's what mattered. And so I think it's keeping that in perspective and then you will find joy when you're choosing the relationship over the task. But yet our culture teaches us to choose task, task, task. And that's where we could talk in, you know, in another podcast about, you know, content, you know, blocking or time blocking and how do you manage your day so you can do that because I, I feel like you know right now I'm not working 40 plus hours a week to to do what I do I think I'm working a fraction of what that is um, but I've developed those systems into play and God has blessed those things and I'm trying to choose those relationships over those tasks mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's a that's a really that was an awesome point. That I love that. Uh, I have not heard heard that one. So that's a really cool perspective. Um, you know, the wallet thing like that. It's so true, right? Like it, one story. Right. My my wife's grandfather passed away in in twenty nine twenty fifteen rather. Um, and you know he was sick, but you know he had more money than you know what to do with. But he had so many people coming to the hospital to say you know to say their goodbyes. Um, and I remember being yeah. around the around the bed with the whole family and he's, you know, they're reading off, you know, a little final goodbye letter that he had written. So it was kind of interesting to see that, you know, even though with all this money, right, he's, he's didn't care about all that shit. He just cared about the relationships that he had. So really, really cool perspective. Yeah, man. I mean, and we, and you and I are both in an industry in a career where, you know, we measure our success as public, Mm-hmm. You you can go and see every realtor. You can go figure out how much money they made. You go to Zillow. You can see their transactions. You can see this. You can see, and then you do the math. Like, oh, you sold this amount of million dollars. Okay, if you did two percent or three percent of commissions, okay, what would that be? Oh, okay, uh, it's all public. Subscribers are all public, and we get so discontent with so many things. And it's like, is your identity found in that? If it is, it's. It, it's just not going to work. And that's why you see people like, I remember what listening to an interview after I think Tom Brady had won his third Super Bowl, And he was like, is this it? Mm-hmm. Like I'm on the mountaintop. Right. Is this it? Yeah. And I think every elite athlete would say that the exact same thing. Yeah. And so there's so much more than being on the mountaintop, but yet that's what we look for. And that's what we yearn for. Like, no, I don't yearn to go sit here and be a social media icon and have 200,000 or a million subscribers, all these things, because now that puts your family at risk. That does all these other things like that. And it's a totally different lifestyle that I think people don't actually understand um, what it is. They think it's cool, but like the lifestyle of like, you know, a Taylor Swift or somebody that's like, always in the spotlight, but yet that can still be so lonely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Be extremely lonely. Right. But all right. So we're kind of coming up on the end here and I want to, I want to make sure I ask these yeah. three questions because I ask everybody and I, yeah. I love all these perspectives. We could okay. do a whole nother podcast. Um, so yeah. first one, what's one podcast you think everybody looking, looking to grow their business in real estate should listen to? Okay. So mine's not a real estate podcast. Um, like some people might be like, I don't know, marketing gurus, marketing. I don't even, yeah. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> um, mine is, uh, his name is Craig Groeschel and he has a leadership podcast. So he talks about leaders and leadership. Um, he's a pastor of a, of a church. Um, but he, f- he really loves to build leaders and organizations. Um, and he brings on people that, you know, are running in the circles with, you know, helping with the Miami heat, helping with professional sports organizations and the interviews, you know, how do you, how, you know, how is your mindset? And he talks about your mindset, talks about those things because it helps you become just a healthier, better version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And you can't be successful if home base isn't taken care of period home base isn't taken care of and isn't healthy and firing on all cylinders. If your marriage isn't firing on all cylinders, isn't taken care of, man, it's just a lot of heartache waiting for you down the road. You got to take care of home base first. That's interesting. I like that. What it's called? It's Craig Groeschel. Yeah, it's it's Craig Groeschel, um, and it's a uh, yeah, it's a leadership it's a leadership podcast. Um, it's I mean it's it's fire it's it's fantastic. I think he does like an episode per month, um, and uh, he brings on different people. He interviews different people, um, cool. and he's he's good at what he does. Awesome. All right. 
Next one, what should everyone who is a real estate agent either stop doing or start doing? Um, stop doing or start doing. Um, I think you should stop trying to figure out what the next trend is mm. and getting, you know, just consuming your time with this. I think you should start doing what you're good at. Start doing what you like to do. If you like to talk to people on the phone, start having conversations. Yeah. If you like to do video, start learning how to be better at it. If you're good at email marketing, learn how to be better at it. So start and keep doing what is working for you and double down on that. Yeah. If you're not doing something that you like to do, you're probably just not going to do it. It's going to feel like a chore. And if you feel like you have to right. do it, you're going to be miserable. So right. you know, find something. Right. I love going out to film. I, I don't hire a videographer. I film all my own stuff, got all my own gear. And I love that part of it. I love figuring out what lens to use, what's a creative way to do this gimbal shot. I enjoy that part. Other people, they just pay a videographer to go do it. Me, I don't, I want to do it. It's fun. Yeah. 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 The same way. I, I, I enjoy filming. I used to hate being in front of a camera and like talking in front of a camera, but as yeah. you do it more and more, I've gotten, you know, more, a little more comfortable at it. Right. All right. Last one. Where can everybody find you online? I mean, you can find me on YouTube. If you can spell my last name right, you can find me anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> my last name is light. Uh, it's light like a light bulb. Um, but it's spelled L E I C H T. Um, so L E I C H T you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you know, all on my website, you know, all those different, different places online. You Google that you'll find me everywhere. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate you hopping on. This was, this was great. So I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Chris, I appreciate you having me on. I like this is fantastic. Love it, man. Awesome, man. Thanks. Have a good one. You too.